we're going to be doing for five weeks. Um, the first week we talked about this, this would be the year of awakening. Last week, Pastor Brad brought the message a year of breakthrough. How many of you guys caught Pastor Brad's message last week? He did an amazing job. If you missed it, I, I watched it down in Tennessee when I was speaking at my father's church, and um, I watched it later that night. I'm going to tell you, it's an encouragement. I encourage you to listen to it. We want to talk about things like this being a year of hope, a year of worship. Um, what is God going to do? That, that we at Harvest, we are uh, posturing ourselves as ready, that Harvest is looking forward. And listen to what I'm about to say, that we're believing that something good is going to happen this year. Believing it. And so we're going to talk about that. So we've been in this series called The Year of the Lord's Favor. I opened up the series a couple of weeks ago reading a scripture that comes out of Isaiah 61. I'm just going to read the first two verses this time, and then we're going to kind of move into what God has to say today. Isaiah 61, 1-2 says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, if you look at the scripture, and I have them kind of highlighted, we have two verses, but how many times proclaim shows up? And it's in there. It's in there for us to see us, that this is about proclaiming Jesus in this year. This is about us giving everything about who we are to him into his hands. This is about anointing and fulfillment in our lives in 2023, which I'm believing for. And Isaiah 61, really, we talked about this, is about proclaiming it. Believing for it. It's, it's seeing it fulfilled in our lives. So today I want to open up with a passage of scripture that comes out of 1 Samuel that we're going to build today's message on. And what's going on is Samuel, the prophet, is actually pretty much the leader of Israel at this point. He's leading them into battles. He's speaking for the Lord. And he's pretty much doing everything. And when we get into um, 1 Samuel in chapter 7, he has just put a beat down on the Philistines. He's run them out. They put the ark in a safe place. And, and, and it says here in verse 12, you guys read this with me. It's going to come up on the board for you. Samuel then took a large stone and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Yashana. He named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and didn't invade Israel again for some time. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, the Lord's powerful hand was raised against the Philistines. There's two things that I want to pull out of the scripture that are, I really believe kind of are the foundation of this morning's message. And the first thought is his, this, where, where um, Samuel uses his mouth and he proclaims, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. There are other translations that say, thus far... The Lord has helped us. But then he goes on to say, and then the scripture goes on to say that throughout Samuel's lifetime, that throughout Samuel's lifetime, the Lord's hand was strong in his life. He was raised against the Philistines. When we proclaim, when we announce, when we declare, when we affirm with our mouths, when we say this to be a year of the Lord's favor, I'm believing that God hears us. That Jesus wants to see this, that the Holy Spirit wants to move in our lives. We're not doing this just so that we can get through the next 12 months. That's not what this is about. I, 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 don't, I don't pursue God just week by week and week. Uh, listen, we know this about finances. I hate living from week to week on a check. You know what I'm saying? 
There's something about that. We're believing more. We're believing that God is going to do something more. We don't proclaim his goodness, believing there is an expiration date on his promises. For the rest of our lives, a lifetime of favor, his hand on us. Anybody want God's hand on your life? Amen? Come on. That, that, that's really important for us. I want God's hand on my marriage. I want God's hand on my kids. I want God's hand in my finances. I want God's hand in my future, in my future decisions. God's hand on our businesses. Come on. Hello. His favor, his hand, his protection. I, I verbalize quite a bit how I feel to Lori. Sometimes she, she loves it, and then other times she'll say, that's enough. You know, and uh, there'll be times like I'll walk in and, and I'll, I'll see her getting ready. We're going to go out on Friday night and I'll say, wow, baby, you look beautiful. She'll go, oh, thank you. And if I stop and I say something like, oh, you're looking fine the same, she'll say, ooh, stop. You know, like, you know, she, she'll tell me like that's enough. She's letting me know. But the reason that I do this, and listen to what I'm about to say here. The reason that I do this is that I'm truly thankful that God put us together. I'm expressing this. It's coming out of my mouth. I'm proclaiming. I'm letting it know. Listen, it's not just for the next 12 months. This is not about that. I get to walk out the rest of my days. I get to walk out the rest of my life doing life with her. His love and his direction in our lives. Lori and I had gotten up on January 1st. We decided, well, it's time to put up the Christmas stuff. So we... We're getting there, Lori's doing her thing, I'm around the tree, and I'm pulling down ornaments and all that, and around 10 o'clock, CBN does this, prayer for the year. And, um, and so she put it up on the phone, we were sitting there, we are watching it, Gordon Robertson is up, and he's, he's giving some amazing thoughts, and he's telling the statistics of, of the millions, everybody say millions. millions. Millions of people that came to Jesus in the year 2022. That they were talking about in Indonesia that if it continues, that in the next five to ten years, that Indonesia will be a Christian nation. So, so I'm getting kind of blown away with the statistics, and I'm listening to this stuff. And then he goes, well, now I want to bring up my father. Well, they, Pat had been really sick. You know, he's really sick. He couldn't get up there. And so finally they get him up to the pulpit. Well, of course, as soon as he gets to the podium, he lights up. And usually when Pat Robertson gets up, he'll have about six to eight or ten words that God has given him for the year. And so this time he just goes, guys, I felt two things that the Lord has spoke to me, and I want to give them to you. That this will be a year that believers, like anything they have never seen before, favor, blessing. He's kind of going through it and all this. Well, it gets my attention, so I, I look down from what I'm doing, and I'm looking at, at my phone. And he goes, and he, but he told me to tell you something, and I want to give this to you. And this is a word from the Lord that I believe is for us today. He said it this way, open your mouths wide, and I will fill them. Open your mouths wide, and I will fill them. And I'm sitting there, and when he said this, I could feel the Holy Spirit Come into our living room. I had chills all over my body. I knew that that was a word for me. And I'm sitting there and I'm receiving it. And, and, and what, what started to go through my heart was that as wide as I can open my mouth, as wide as I can possibly do it in the spiritual, God is going to fill it. And, and, and I want to say that, that it's not just so that I can be filled to overflow. Me opening my mouth is to receive for me, but it's not just for me. This is what I heard the Lord tell me, that I'm going to fill you so that you can tell others to do the same. I am going to fill you so that you can proclaim. Everybody say proclaim. 
what I am about to do. This is what we are believing for, that for the rest of our days, for the rest of our lives, the lifetime of the church. Remember what we just read in, in 1 Samuel, that it said that throughout Samuel's lifetime, throughout his lifetime, the Lord's hand was strong in his life. Well, why, Pastor Matt? Because Samuel proclaimed the goodness and the favor of the Lord. You know, there was in that scripture, it said that he set a stone in between Mizpah and Yeshana. Well, guys, the stone was just a reminder. Let us remember that when we read about the reminders that, that God used to have them set up, that's just a stone. God is not a stone. He's not made of stone. He is a true living God. Can I get an amen? I want us to experience God's hand moving in our lives. I don't want to just hear about it. I want to experience the favor of the Lord. I want to proclaim what God has done so that all people would know how great our Lord Jesus is. I love God's word. I love how it speaks to me, the impact that it has on us, the impact that it can have on a body of believers. And I want to proclaim what God has done. So that all people will know this. They'll be proclaiming in 2023. So today, I want to talk about this subject right here, the year of proclaiming. And I believe with all my heart that the reason that God is encouraging us all to open up our mouths and to make them wide is because he is desiring all men and women that they would discover his true power, his favor, his anointing, his influence, and that there's a hope that we can have when we proclaim what we know is true. So I want to give you three quick thoughts. And actually, they're going to be declarations. And the first declaration is this right here. That if we're going to proclaim, we're going to proclaim this. I will not hide and I will not be silent. I will not hide and I will not be silent. I don't know if you guys have ever had um, somebody tell you to shut up or be quiet. Nobody likes it. Nobody does. My mom and dad had to say it to me a few times and for my brother and I, but, but nobody likes it. It's like you don't have to learn to not like that. It's in our DNA. We're born with it. Somebody tells you to shut up. I said be quiet. You know what the first thing is? You want to say something else. You just want to, it's like you just, you want to say it, it's in there, and you just want to let it out. You just want to, you want to bring it out to them because you don't like it. My brother and I, Sam, this is pictures of me and my brother through the years. You can see my little brother. He's my little coach there in the middle uh, back in the day. But, guys, my brother and I, we have uh, not just done life together, but I, I talk to my brother probably five times a day, every day. It drives my wife a little crazy, but we talk all the time because we, we have done everything. We've gotten a lot of trouble together. We've done some good together, but we've, we've done life. But when we were little... We would be traveling. We wouldn't even be probably going five miles. We might be just on our way to church, and we'd be sitting in the back seat. And um, you know what happens? Parents, you know what happens? My leg goes on his side. He lays his head over on my side. All of a sudden, we're fighting over boundaries in the back seat, and we, we don't like it. And so we start wrestling, or we're tickling, or we're fighting, or laughing, or whatever's going on. And at some point, Dad will go, boys, knock it off. You know, knock it off. You know, parents, you know, my mom would turn around and we would just keep doing it. We're fighting. Daddy's on my side. And next thing you know, my dad's arm of justice is back there. You know, I mean, he is, he is moving legs. He's spanking. He's hitting whatever he's doing, trying to clear the air. And mom would turn around and say, don't say another word until we get there. Well, guys, then, then this is what happens. Then there's the danger of looking at each other and are we going to start laughing? 
Or they tell us to be quiet, but then all of a sudden I think it's something like, it's really important. I feel like I, I just need to ask my mom and dad this question. But they've told me what? Be quiet. Don't say another word until you get there. But isn't it amazing that one person, and listen to what I'm about to say, that one person can come in and it can be in your family, it can be a friend, it could be somebody that's just in your sphere. It could have been an event. It could have been a statement that was made that has made you feel unqualified, not wanted, that you don't matter, that you're not appreciated. It could be something that has cut you to the core, whether it was a person or an event, it has now caused you to pull away. Now you're disconnected. Now you've gone silent. It's deeply affected who you trust and who you love. In fact, it can come in now and begin to affect your faith and what you believe about God himself. And I'm going to tell you something. The devil loves it when we are silent. Everybody receive what I just said there. The devil loves it when you keep your mouth shut. If he can use anybody to make you miss God's plan, his purpose, his calling, and especially his will, he's going to try it. One person. One event, that's what he's going to try to do. So I want to set up this story here, and it's found in 1 Kings. Now, here's what we know about Elijah in chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah is hiding from Queen Jezebel. She's killing anybody and everybody that speaks for the Lord. So God has him in a, a ravine hiding out, and he's drinking from a brook. He's got birds bringing him food, bringing him meat, and bringing him bread or grain. And at some point, God says, okay, it's time to start moving. So he says, I want you to go, and I want you to meet with this widow. He goes and meets with this widow. She's gathering sticks, and she's, uh, he says, hey, can you make us some, some bread? And she goes, well, I've only got enough for me and my son, and we're going to eat it, and we're going to die because that's all we have. Well, Elijah speaks into her life. Now, listen to what I just said. He speaks into her life and says, no, I want you to go and make us something because until the rain comes, you will always have enough oil, and you will always have enough bread. That's what we know in the story, right? So they go and they eat, they're having a good time, everything's feeling good, then the son dies. So Elijah grabs the boy, says in scripture that he lays on him three times, his entire body over the boy, asking God to bring life back into him, and God heals him. Now here's what I want to say about chapter 17, is, is Elijah was hiding, and he was getting back to doing what God had called him to do, right? Well now in chapter 18, which we're about to read, in 1 Kings 18, Usually when we read it, all we want to read about is the prophets of Baal. That's, that's the good story. When he takes on all 400 of them and it's a big showdown and the whole thing. But let's not skip what we're just about to read here, starting in verse 1. After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and now the famine was severe in Samaria. And Ahab had summoned Obadiah, his palace administrator, and Obadiah was a devout believer in the Lord. And while Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had taken a hundred prophets and hidden them in two caves, fifty in each, and had supplied them with food and water. Now, when I say one person is doing this, I'm not talking about Obadiah. We, we see in Scripture what Obadiah has done. He's helped. But one person, speaking of Jezebel herself, She's doing this. One person has stepped in and caused the prophets to hide and go silent. 
Look up on the board how this is going to come up. One person, Jezebel, has opened their mouth and caused 100 to go silent. 100 men who are not doing exactly what God has called them to because of the words of one person. Don't allow the enemy to silence you, to keep you from God's best for your life. That Jesus has changed our lives, and we have a lot to say about it. Come on, church. A lot to say about what Jesus has done in our lives. I am a mouthpiece of the Most High. Can you, can you, get just, can you imagine yourself getting used to, I don't know what you brought in here today and what you're feeling or whatever, but that you would have the boldness just to say, I am a mouthpiece for the Lord Most High. Because you can look up mouthpiece, and I'm not talking about a Bible dictionary, just a regular dictionary. And mouthpiece comes up as a definition as point man, the speaker, the spokesperson. And look at this, prophet. And I like this last one, mouth. But you're a mouth. You're a mouth for the Lord Most High. So when I'm saying I am a mouthpiece of God, a mouthpiece of Christ himself, that I am speaking the words that he gives me, I will not hide and I will not be silent. Acts 4.15, John and Peter. Think about this one. The, The temple police have gone and grabbed them. Brought them into the Sanhedrin, and they've got the Sadducees, the the Pharisees, and all the religious leaders, and they're threatening them. They're telling them to knock it off, talking about the risen Savior. And we look here in verse 15, it says, They sent them out of the room. They talked it over. What can we do to these men so that it doesn't go any further? Let's silence them with threats so they won't dare to use Jesus' name ever again with anyone. They called them back. And warned them that they were on no account ever again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. I'm just just telling you that we have, you, you would be amazed at how many believers because of just church hurt. Let's just talk that one. That the devil has gotten them in a place to where they, they're silent. And on no account are they even going to talk about Jesus. They don't want to talk about Jesus because of something that was said or that was done to them some time ago. And the devil loves it when we were there, when we are there. The first thing that the enemy tries to get you to do is stop talking. He would love it that you would go into your bedroom and slam the door. He would love it that you would get in your car and slam the door and be mad and feel hurt and feel unwanted. To throw up your defensive walls again. That all of us would just shut our mouths and stay silent. You're sitting here even now maybe thinking like, man, I'm hurt and I don't feel like I feel bring value to anything right now. But I want to proclaim this over you, church, already. I'm going to take a deep breath for this one. I want to proclaim it over every person in this room. Today is your day. The enemy is going to loose its grip on your tongue. You're going to get your voice back. You're going to get your dreams back. You're going to roar and everyone is going to hear you. Open your mouth wide and Christ is going to fill it. Open up your mouth and shout, I break this power of silence over me. Open your mouth wide, church. Open your mouth and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and his love for all. Amen. Everybody take that. Take it and receive it. I want to give you a second thought, just a second declaration of a year proclaiming. I will continually speak the praises of my God. 
Hebrews 13, 15, therefore by him let us continually, everybody say continually, offer the sacrifices of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, I love doing this with scripture because it's a short one, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. Now, I've already got continually highlighted, and that's what we're supposed to do, but check out how it starts. Therefore, by who? By God. So, so basically, the scripture is saying, by God, who's going to give us the ability to continually offer the sacrifices of praise to him, and what is it that comes out? What is it called? Fruit of our lips. So by God, with the ability that he gives us, we are going to continually praise him, and it's going to become the fruit of our lips that will con- that'll bring praise into his name. Amen? It's a powerful scripture. Why? Because words are so powerful. I think about sometimes how many days or how many months or even a year where we weren't speaking life out of our mouth. We weren't throwing out seeds of life. What about things like, God, I praise you that my steps are ordered. I praise you that you're leading me and guiding me. I praise you that you have supplied all my needs. I'm thankful that I'm favored. I'm thankful that I'm blessed. And I am thankful that I hear your voice. Listen how different this sounds from this right here. I feel like a failure. I'm too stupid to be used. I'm not wanted, or I just want to quit, or I want to give up, or how about this one, that I can't. It truly is life or death what we speak from our mouths. Look at this in Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Okay, let's look at the scripture again. So it's basically saying, if you're really looking at it, that death, if we speak it, there's a fruit that is, it's death. So if we're speaking life, then the fruit is life. So there's actually two fruits that you can choose. I think more people will, will take that scripture and go, oh, death, eat, eat, and if you're not careful with death, is eat. No, you can also speak life, and it is fruit giving. Amen? So we need to take, and I, I want to say this to every, everybody raise your hand real quick. Everybody just raise your hand. Everybody, come on, just participate for a second. That means you're here, and you're hearing what I say, Okay? So this is for all of you. You can put your hands down. All right. I just want to make sure we're all here and we're listening to this. All of us that raised our hands here this morning, we need to take a closer look this year. I really believe this about who is having influence over our lives. Now, this is a tough one because I'm talking about friends. I'm talking about coworkers. Listen to me, church. Family. Social media influencers. That if all they're bringing is sarcasm, They get in your car, and the first thing that happens, there's automatically conflict that happens. If there's only gossip, if they're not supporting what God is trying to do through your lives, if it is sucking the life out of you and their words of just being in their presence, and all they are supplying you is fruit that is dead. And if we're not careful, I want you to picture this. If we are surrounded by people that are only supplying us dead fruit then what happens is is that I picture this low-hanging fruit. And what we do is we reach out because it it takes no work, and we just take it, and we eat it, and it's death. Because that's who we're surrounding ourselves with. Guys, remember what I said. It only takes one person. You can have have 90% of the people speaking life in you, but if you have one person that you're giving them power in your life, I want to eat the fruit that gives life. Come on, give me an amen. 
I want to eat fruit that gives life. I want my heart to desire and be filled with love and with life. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus is kind of addressing this about, about the power of what we say. Look at this right here. He says, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. In the Greek, can say is ipon. Ipon is it's 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 a it's a power. It's more power. Jesus is trying to say you have power. You can you can speak to the mountain. You get to tell the mountain. You command the mountain. You use your words. What are we saying? What are we speaking with our mouths most of the time? What are we saying about our marriages? What are we saying about our jobs? What are we speaking in to our future? What are we believing for? Harvest BA, speak to your mountains. You know what they are. Identify them and speak to them. Tell your circumstances to change in the name of Jesus. That through the power of the Holy Spirit, command your atmosphere to change. Believe what you speak. We serve a mountain-moving, miracle-working God. That's who we serve. And you either believe it or you don't. And I have decided to elevate my praises. I've decided to do this. I'm going to continually speak the praises of my God. I'm going to use my mouth, my words, and my voice that he can move the mountain of depression, that he can move the mountain of addiction, he can move the mountain of divorce, and he can move the mountains of healing. He can do it. Philippians 4.13, we stand on this. I can do everything. Everybody say everything. I can do everything to Christ who gives me strength. I like looking at that scripture in Bible Hub because Bible Hub will give you multiple translations of this scripture. And I love how they play with the word everything because it's just basically, it's so that we understand that there is nothing on planet earth that God can't take care of. I might have fallen, but I'm choosing to get up. I am going to fight for my marriage. I am going to fight for my kids. I can do all things through Jesus. I am choosing to get up every day with God's help and to push back the darkness of depression. Hear what I'm saying? To push it back, to fight back. My hope is strong. My home is strong. I'm talking about myself. That that Even Lori and I, we both had just kind of a crazy week, a weird week. And we could both see it in each other. And we went on this long walk with our dogs. We're walking them around the corner, and I am just speaking life into my wife. I'm speaking life. She's speaking life back into me. And, and you know what? By the time that we finished, it had been lifted because the power of the Holy Spirit takes care of all that. We were identifying mountains on this walk, and God was already removing it. And that's, that's what we have to understand. We have to believe it. I can do everything because of his strength. I don't have to keep taking what hell keeps sending me. Church, hear what I just said. I don't have to keep taking what hell is sending my way. I can actually choose to send it back. I don't have to. I don't have to keep it. Come on, church. Proclaim the praises of your God. Let the whole world know. But you have to open your mouth wide and speak the words you are believing to happen in your life. Remember what the scripture said. Jesus said, you can say to this mountain, but remember the second part, but you really must believe it can happen. So we can't just speak. We got to believe what we're speaking. Listen to this conversation between God and Moses. Who makes a person's mouth? 
Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Other translations, CEV or the NIV, it will say, I'll be with you and I'll give you the words to say, or now go and I'm going to help you speak. You don't have to worry about that. Isn't that a great reminder that when we speak, that the Holy Spirit is going to be with us? He's going to help us with our words. Then in 2023, I will continually speak the praises of my Lord. Psalms 105.1, here's another. How many of you guys love scripture? Come on, I'm going to give you another one. Look at this right here. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim. Everybody Everybody say proclaim. His greatness and let the whole world know what he has done. I want to have the worship team come on back up. Can we give our worship team a hand? Man, good stuff. So thankful for them and what they brought this morning, taking us into the presence of the Lord. Here is my third and final side, and I promise it's not long. So we have talked about, I will not hide, I will not be silent. I will continually speak the praises of my God. And this last one is, and I want you to say this with your mouth. Say it with me. Spirit of the Lord. I want you in my life. All right? There was, uh, do y'all remember that? I didn't even say this this morning. I don't know how this is going to go over. So I'm, but I don't know if uh, Austin Powers, and they had the big guy, and he was trying to get the mini-me, and he says, get in my belly. Do y'all remember that? <laughs> I, I'm just, it's like, Spirit of the Lord, I want you in my life. I want you in my belly. I want you in my heart. I want you in my mind. There is... Um, there's a story in Numbers chapter 11, and um, what's happened is, God already knew this, but it took a while for Moses to understand it, was that they've got a, over a million people, a million people that he's, he's having to speak to, and God says, you need some help. So he says, go and grab the elders, 70 of them, and have them gather around the tabernacle, and I'm going to put my spirit on every one of you so that you can go and speak to the people. So check this out. In Numbers 11, 26 through 29, it says two men, Eldad and Medad. Dude, come on, man. I, I, I couldn't get through this this morning because um, it sounds Irish. Medad. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> two men, Eldad and Medad. That is just too funny. Okay, I can get past that. Stayed behind in camp. And they were listed among the elders, but they had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet the Spirit rested upon them as well, so they prophesied there in the camp. And a young man ran and reported Moses. Eldad and Medad are, are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been with Moses' assistant since his youth, protested. Moses, master, you make them stop. But Moses replied, now check this out. Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon who? Every one of them. It wasn't just reserved for him. It wasn't just reserved for the 70 that God, he was saying he wished every person in that nation at the time would have had the spirit of the Lord. What a great view into the heart of Moses. That the Lord would put his spirit on them all. That he wanted everyone to experience God. That he wanted them to experience his Holy Spirit. And my heart is that more men and women would allow themselves to be moved by the Holy Spirit. Let me declare something over you. Can you guys just close your eyes real quick? And I, I just want you to hear this and I want you to receive it. I don't. I just, I, I just feel like this is a word for words for some people that I want to declare. I want to, I want to proclaim this over you. God, lead your people by your spirit.
Jesus, our risen Savior, help us to walk and keep in step with your Spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to all, to everyone that is in this room and call us. Specifically speak to us and put a calling upon our lives. And then lastly, God, set us apart. Set us apart to be used for you in 2023 in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. You guys, Romans 8, 14 says this, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. In Joel 2, 28, 29, it says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit on men and women alike. So I want to leave you with just these three thoughts to go over what we've talked about. I will speak to my mountain. Church, listen, identify it. Call it out by name. You know exactly what's going on in your life. You know exactly what needs to be removed. I will speak to my mountain and I will not hide and I will not be silent. Secondly, I want my atmosphere to change. How many of you guys would love to have your atmosphere change? Listen, I'm just telling you, when I was on that walk with my wife, we needed our atmosphere to change and, and he did it. God came through. I want my atmosphere to change so I will continually speak the praises of my God. I am a mouthpiece of the Most High. Amen? And then lastly, I will proclaim with my mouth, Spirit of the Lord, I want you in my life. Amen? Let's all stand. Let's put our notes aside, put our Bibles aside, phones aside. Let's just stand. We're going to lower the lights just a little bit here, and we're just going to go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for how you're going to use the worship team, dear Jesus, here in a second. And God, I just pray that as we stand before you, that Lord, some of us have brought in some pretty heavy stuff. Dear God, some of us are here and um, things are kind of good, but we're just not being, we don't feel like we're operating in our gifts. Father, some of us haven't spoken uh, haven't been speaking positive. We haven't been speaking life. It just seems like we're surrounding ourselves or people are surrounding us that, that we're just not feeling you, God. We're not feeling your spirit. Lord, we have those, dear Lord, that are in the middle of something, whether it's in healing, whether it's a spiritual battle. And the only way we're going to see it out the other side is because of you. And Father, there are those in this room right now that are actually doing really good with you. But God, I just ask you to have them open their mouths wide and that you would fill it. Lord, for everybody that's in this room, that they would open their mouths wide and that you would fill them. And I ask this in your holy and precious name because God, you are the only one that's gonna be able to do this. Help us all, help us all to gain ground. Help us all to be able to speak the praises of you, dear God. And I pray this in your holy and precious name. And everybody said, amen.